0: Hey guys, welcome back to Bros and Bibles. Uh, we would just like to welcome our friend Dustin back into the studio. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm back living. I'm alive. Just so y'all know, thank you. Thanks. We're very
1: glad about yeah,
2: it. Yeah, yeah. It it's not fun just kind of sitting there and doing nothing.
3: Been there, done that twice. So
2: oh, I do remember that last yeah. year, like around this time, not right after a year, Christmas, right after Christmas, the, the day after, I tested yeah. positive. Yep. Yeah, I remember receiving that call the day after Christmas. <laughs>
3: Because we had just been around each other, you know, and I called a lot of people that day.
2: Lots of people. Hey, man, I do that for my job. You don't even want to know how many emails and calls I made today.
3: Yeah, but you get paid for that. That I did not get paid to call and tell you, hey, man, you know that disease that's going (laughs) around?
0: That's true. Maybe could
3: have given you it, you know, so.
0: That's a great call. You know, you love to receive it. (laughs) Not at all. That's not a gift worth
3: (laughs) giving, you know
0: no not at all
3: cool well we're talking about hope today guys um we did a i sorry i did a lot of research for this uh i'm kind of the anal one here when it comes to the the in-depth study portion which is fine i'm okay to be that guy
2: i mean it's like your job technically right
3: well it's also chad's job
1: that's not true at all
2: (laughs) his job description is far different
3: He's, he, well, my? yeah, he's a head pastor. He should do way more of this than me.
1: You know, the thing is, though, my job description varies greatly based on who you ask. So, ah. Yeah. That's great insight. Yeah.
3: I think it's the same for all pastors, though, depending oh, on is. who you ask. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah,
1: there are some people, because I can't tell you if I had a dollar for every time I got the joke of, like, you only work on Sundays,
3: right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Nope, I put in 65 hours like, this last that week. That one you hour you me. saw
1: me on Sunday was the least of my 40 hours I did this week. <laughs> on a slow week
3: yeah yeah no i i can't even remember the last time i put in a 40 hour week (laughs) even last week i did 45 hours in the four days that i was there you know so
1: i feel like covid made everything in the church like there's more to do you know what i mean because like everybody got kind of forced online which we should have been anyway but that's a whole nother side story but we all got forced online so now you're like i gotta keep all the stuff i was keeping up with plus all this new stuff
3: yeah yeah, well, that's that's why we create content like this, right? And so, you know, just more more stuff for people to be listening to. Yeah, this is part of my job.
1: Well, this is—I feel like this so. content is the stuff that like keeps you sane in all the other stuff, you know? Cause, yeah. Because like, it's fun to just sit around a table and chat Bible stuff, you know. Yeah. Whereas like some of the other stuff we have to do, more the like grind stuff, you know, just. Well, I mean, the whole
2: hour we talked here at this table before we started this podcast, just about bro stuff. I mean. Yeah. No, it's no that was. Times.
3: That was good. This this is kind of like, like, my solitude, right? Like my time away from the church, where I'm I'm talking. I mean, I'm, I'm talking church stuff. I'm talking Bible stuff, talking Kingdom stuff. But it has, it is so much less stressful than, you know, sitting in a staff meeting or an elder meeting. Or tomorrow night I have the business meeting.
0: I can go that for you.
3: Actually, you guys both have to be there.
0: Tomorrow night, I yeah. date night. We
3: have a scheduled meeting tomorrow night. Oh,
1: also, Bro, if you're, I, don't uh,
2: <laughs> I don't look at that schedule whatsoever. Also, if you're one like... of the
1: business leaders at Josh's church, he doesn't think it's. Ugh, he loves it.
3: They already know how I feel about it, so you don't need to try to cover for me.
1: I got you. Yeah, that's what bros do. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. Yeah. So I got I got that tomorrow night. But this is so much better than than that for me. You know, talking talking Bible stuff. You know, oh,
1: and like this week. I mean, we're talking about the good stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is the good stuff. Hope. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Hope. 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 Last week, faith. Next week? Peace. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Nice. Week after that?
1: It's not joy because you skipped joy. Love.
3: Yep, I did skip joy. Sorry. (laughs) And uh, the final week of the Advent series? Does anybody know what that is? Jesus jesus sunday school answer
2: (laughs) see i feel like when you whisper like that i can't can't tell who you are because it's like hmm what do you mean okay i knew that was you everybody
3: knows
1: who this is yeah
3: cool well let's get into it uh the word hope shows up in scripture 180 times did you guys know that i did know. i feel like it's way less than i would have imagined right
2: but, I mean, that's with a lot of words in the Bible, though. That You're like, oh, wow, only that many times? Yeah. So that's just one of the words on that list, because that list is probably very long. Well, there's so. tons of words in the Bible. So. Well, yeah, but that's I mean, true. like, words that you think maybe are more. Yeah. Because there, there's words similar to hope, but it, hope is not that word in that sentence. Yeah. It's different, so.
3: Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So 100, 180 times, 97 in the Old Testament, 83 in the New Testament. So pretty evenly split.
1: I actually um, kind of like that the Old Testament does have more, though, because I feel like because they were kind of waiting for the Messiah, it, they should there should have have more of like that theme of hope and waiting. Like there should be more of that there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. No, and, that, and you're right. And that's kind of the conclusion I came to is because they're they're they have the hope and, and the New Testament is kind of like the hope received, right? But then we're still talking about the hope yet to come, you know. So that's going to be a little bit about what we talk about today. So, but we got to do the the boring thing that we always do. Uh, I'm going to talk definitions and then we're going to have these guys read the scripture for today. So uh, you guys can split that up however you want between the three of you or two of you. doesn't really matter. But in the English, hope has two different definitions that are most widely known and used and that is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen or a feeling of trust. Right? And I think that's what most of us imagine when we think hope, you know, like a feeling of of expectation, like we're waiting for something, we're looking for something, we have hope in that thing that is in the future. And then, you know, we dive into the Hebrew, I'm going to save the Greek for last, the Greek is my favorite version of hope, uh, and you'll see why, but the Hebrew has two words, Uh, you guys can see them there, can anybody attempt to pronounce the first one?
2: Yakul. Yakul. <laughs> I'm I'm with Zane on this one. Yahol. There's a K in there.
3: Yeah, the <laughs> H uh, K. It's actually
0: K H. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> I'm somewhat of a scholar myself. Oh, are you now? <laughs> I can read off of a page.
3: Uh, but Yahol means not. to hope or to wait for. Right, and then you have the second Hebrew word for hope, which is Guava. Yep. <laughs>
2: Quavo?
1: <laughs> I was going to take a stab at it, but guava my I guess I can't get past that one. <laughs> that it was uh, great.
2: Cava.
3: Cava. That's a Q. What? It is. <laughs> Scholars. But it, it comes from a root word, kav, which is a cord that binds things together. So this means to bind together or when those cords pull tight, it creates tension until the tension is broken. So it's this idea of waiting with tense expectation, right? Until that, th- that tension is released, you know, cut. And so that that's one of my favorite definitions is this idea of tense expectation, tense waiting. Because it, it just shows that like you're, you're doing something. When you're tensed up, you're using all your muscles, right? You're flexing and so you're doing something. But then we get into my favorite version and what I used to do my entire hope sermon on two years ago, and that is the Greek word. Can anybody pronounce that one? Give it a shot, guys. Elpis?
0: That's the one we're looking at, right? Yep. Yeah. Elpis. Yeah.
3: The peace.
0: yep.
1: So we are talking about the piece.
3: Yeah, see? No. Uh, L Peace. it is looking forward to something with some reason for confidence, respecting fulfillment, that which is the basis for hope, and that which one hopes for, so it's what we hope for, it's why we hope, and it's, it's the, the reasons for hope, it's hope itself encapsulated, it's kind of threefold, I think it's really cool, so peace is the the Greek term. It's my favorite term for hope, um, and so hopefully it gives us some insights as we dive in to what this means within the season of Advent, right? Have you guys heard these words before? Have you?
0: No. <laughs> Talking about the English definition words? Yes, I have. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, those yeah
3: okay. What about you, Chad, in your many studies and?
1: I mean, yeah, like in passing. Like I have, I've never done like necessarily like an in depth you know, like word for word study or anything like that. But yeah. but I think personally, I think I liked the, I liked the ones in the Old Testament. Be, um, and really, I you know, you talked about how much you like the idea of like a tense waiting. Mm-hmm. That gives me anxiety. Really? Like, like, yeah, because like to me, like a tense waiting sounds more of like when I when I know that there's going to be this nasty email response to my email, because I was a little bit nasty in my email, and I know there's going to be a response in my inbox, and it's like I know it's coming in. And then like so it's like when I come in on Monday morning and I'm like, okay, here we go. We might find it. Here it is. You know, like, that to me is that like tense waiting. Mm. So tense waiting to me doesn't feel like hopeful. It feels like anxiety. So okay. I think I like the other the other choices better for <laughs> words, but the other definitions, but yeah. yeah. I agree. I don't like to be tense, so.
3: Wow. I think it's just because of like the English connotation of tense.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Maybe. Right. Maybe. But we're, I mean, again, it's this waiting in expectation, like an excitement. Tense doesn't always mean like you're anxious, <laughs> you know. You're nervous. You're- I mean, yeah, kind of
1: though, because yeah, the connotations in that again is like yeah. if you say that the situation is tense, it doesn't mean that you're happy about it, you know. Like, yeah, no.
3: <laughs> but there are other types of tensions, right? That that aren't all negative.
1: Yeah, but our our world today
2: brings a lot of negativity to the word tense, no matter what.
3: Yeah, but I mean, you can't base all things off of. Our cultural biases now, especially when you're reading into to words that are ancient, you know, a long time ago. Well,
1: and that's that's why definitions. That's why you have words that have multiple definitions yeah. from old languages. Is mm-hmm. because like, you know, our words today don't do justice to what they really meant by that. Yep. You know. Yeah,
3: and that's the truth. You know, we'll we'll never know. I think that's why I like so, like doing this so much, is because even our definition in the English. Right. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing like that doesn't explain hope to me. Right. The depth of hope that I need, which is why I like the Greek so much more is because it's got layers to it, you know. So. Yeah. So let's dive straight in. We've got the definitions out on the table. We're going to read the Christmas story in Matthew now. So Matthew one eighteen to two, 12. Do you guys know how you want to split that up?
2: Do you guys have your Bibles open?
0: Yeah. Because I do not. Um, well, I can take 18 all the way to 2 if somebody wants to read the rest.
1: So you want me to read 2, 1 through 12? Yeah. Okay, cool. Can do that?
0: All right. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus.
1: And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route.
3: Awesome. I think that's my favorite version of the Christmas story out of the two that we have in Scripture. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's... I don't know why. I, I really have no idea. I think it just tells it a little more fully than Luke does. So,
0: I mean, I like Luke, but I bet you do. I do. I mean, you know, you get the shepherds in Luke instead of the magi, so. mm-hmm. and the magi came significantly after his birth. So they did. Yeah. yeah, it was a long journey. Yeah.
3: How many magi were there?
0: I don't know. Probably not three, though. Yep, for sure not three. That's a good job.
1: Thank you. There could have been three though, we don't know.
3: Most likely there wasn't. Most likely three. not yeah. though. Yeah. So
1: I think I, I wanna say I'm not I don't know, I know this for sure, but I wanna say it was like the Eastern Orthodox Church that actually believes there are twelve.
3: I that's the number I've heard. Yeah. Is is anywhere from I think seven to twelve. Yeah. So it's a good range. Yep. Five. Five, you know, give or take five. Yeah. So So sure. often we we equate three because of the gifts, right? Yeah. So
1: well, and then of course you add in like we sing about the we three kings. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much like like that with like music, and then like just making assumptions how those get passed down so easily, and then you look back at the scr- story in scripture, and you're like, wait a minute, it doesn't say there were three of them. Yeah,
0: <laughs> or even that we include them in the nativity scene. Right. Yeah. But, and then I mean, at that point, you're just like, how many magi could we fit in the nativity scene? So probably only three.
1: So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah but the shepherds were gone by the time they got there. It doesn't matter. We didn't need to talk about that. I think
1: at these all. things are important though. Well, absolutely. Cuz you, know, like, you got to sometimes we got to break those like stereotypical things cuz now I guarantee you somebody's going to listen to this and be like, "Wait, it doesn't say there are three. You no. know, like they just haven't thought about it.
3: Yeah. Yeah, well and that's that's the truth and it's 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 sad because nobody's actually looking into this, right? Like there are so many different things you can you can google this or youtube this you're going to hear scholars Talk about this very thing, like, no, there weren't just three magi, and you know they did come later than the shepherds did, and and Jesus was most likely a toddler at that point in time, and you know, but like, it's, nobody nobody cares because we have this Western Christianity that says the magi showed up when he was a baby, they gave him three gifts, so there was three of them, right? But that's just not truthful. It's not biblical, right? It's a, uh, it's based on. Assumption and I don't know blissful ignorance maybe because they didn't want to to dive deeper they just wanted to stay ignorant so enough of that though that sounds sounds unhopeful so
1: it's very accusatory
3: (laughs) well it's just it's true right like there's there's so many reasons why people don't look into things at all because they they want to stay in their cushy Christianity right they want to believe that. That this all means they're going to be the healthiest, wealthiest, happiest person in the world. But Jesus came to divide, <laughs> right? A sword. It says in Luke, you know, not even eight verses after Mary was contemplating all the great things that the shepherds had told her, Simeon says, and he'll bring a sword that'll pierce your heart too, right? <laughs> That's... Yep. But we want to stay in our blissful ignorance this this idea that it's all going to be good for us that there's no suffering and that's that's thrown out the window within the christmas story right within
1: well and in in relation to hope you know like there's really like there's i, I think there's less hope in that version of christianity because like part of the hope is recognizing that like where we're at right now is not an ideal world you know that like as much as much as there is there's you know we have the jesus now there's also a yet to come you know like the kingdom is both now and not yet and so i think you lose some of that hope when it is when you're living in that ideal bubble of like this is just how it is and it's given to me and i am going to take it at its word you know like and and we have to admit that like you know this is why i tell people when i'm preaching i'm like look don't take anything i say for granted like go and check it by scripture because if i'm wrong you should tell me yeah you know but but that piece like we i think we just take things and we're like well you know, like well, Josh is a youth pastor; he should know what he's talking about. You know what I mean? Like, and and how how many times we do that too, even as adults? Yeah. You know, we just assume that because somebody that we think is important says so, or somebody we look up to said it, it must be true. What we don't take the time to check it through Scripture.
3: Yeah. Well, most people don't believe they have to. Like, Dustin saying, "How many times are you guys going home and and diving into the same scripture that was
0: used at a sermon?" Um, almost never. To right. be honest. Yeah.
2: Not that often, unless it's uh, sometimes. Like if, if it really hits me or something, yeah. I'll, and I'm look interested. I'll look at it, yeah. but not like every single time or anything. Yeah, no, and
3: that's and that that's fine. That's I would assume that most people fall under that category, right? But there are times where pastors preach, you know, especially on stuff like hope, and we're putting our hope in these things that don't matter. Yeah, and pastors are telling us to and and those things are just going to fail us, right? Like where we put our faith is important, but also where our hope lies is important. You know? So, yeah, how does hope relate to advent? Like the entirety of advent.
0: Um I think uh Chad talked about a little bit about the just the now, like about how Jesus is now an advent, he's coming still, but just we talked about tension was like one definition of hope, that tension, but that tension is like now between Jesus is here, but he's also going to come again. Yeah. So there's a lot of that tension in this world right now.
3: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, and then, like, he is always ready for us to grow. Mm. So you guys still have that hope that, oh, he's still there for us. We're still growing. We still need to grow. We need to rely on him. And we're still hopeful because he's right there, ready for us to grow in his word everywhere we go, each church service. All the way through.
3: Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Well, I think in these stories, especially, you know, at the birth of Christ, like, I think especially of the hope of the Israelites who, you know, they're waiting for hundreds and hundreds of years for this to come. You know, I mean, you think about the gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament, you're talking about what, like 400 years, you Mm -hmm. know, where there is silence. Like, you think about that, like, there was no God talking for 400 years, like, that is generations, right? Like, America, I mean, 400 years ago, I mean, you know what I mean? So so it's it's such a different world. 400 years, I mean, it's a long time. And they were waiting for longer than that. Like, they've essentially been waiting for this moment since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Mm -hmm. They've been waiting for this moment, for God to redeem humanity. And and so it's been so—their entire history, they've been waiting for this moment. And now, all of a sudden, it's coming to culmination, you know? It's like— you know, we, we think we get excited about, like when we're kids, about opening presents on Christmas and things like that. But like, imagine waiting for something for like, it's the only thing you know is that your dad passes, got this story from his dad, who got it from his dad, who got it from his dad, who got it from his dad, from his dad for thousands of years. They're waiting for this moment. And and for Mary and Joseph, not only do you get to live in that moment, you're a vital part of that moment. Yeah. Like, holy, that's huge. Yeah, that's huge. There's so much hope in that.
3: Absolutely and so so much hope in in the fact that they brought specific people to see this right they brought shepherds they brought the magi right it was it happened in you know a barn technically is what it would be with a manger right it was because hope is nothing like what we look what we think it is all these Israelites were hoping for a savior that was this powerful military king. And he came in the form of a baby. Right? Hope is so much different than what we imagine in our earthly selves. They imagine something else. We now know what hope looks like. Hope has a name. It has a face. It has you know a life that it's lived and and is and is now working in us we know what it looks like what it is and and we still choose to put our hope in other things right i can only imagine how hopeful you'd have to be to to travel miles and miles just to to meet this toddler or to not be terrified when this Hosts of heavenly beings show up and, and are singing and telling you about this, this Savior, right? How hopeful you must feel. The well that would just be pouring out of you at that point, you know? So, You
1: know what that makes me think of? It reminds me, um, first of all, it, what it reminds me of is you have these guys who come from miles and miles. And first of all, the contrast between the Magi and the shepherds right yep. the shepherds are close by the magi are super far away the shepherds are dirt poor the magi are probably not like yep. they're giving gifts of gold frankincense and more they got money yeah so you've got total contrast here but what's interesting is you have these guys who put their whole hope in this person right in this messiah yeah. and, and what and they come and it's a baby in a manger like you know what i mean like you have to be either so convinced so hopeful that this is it or you're insane yeah. right because i think i think back to when our first uh, when our oldest daughter was born and i remember we still give my pastor a hard time about this he came to the hospital we asked him to pray over her and uh, so of course she's a day old right so she doesn't do anything like she sleeps and she poops and that's it like <laughs> there's nothing else she's a day old so so he's sitting there and he's there there for like an hour or so and he says and finally he looks at her and he says you know she's kind of boring, <laughs> and my first of all, my wife has never forgiven him for that. She still <laughs> reminds him of that frequently, and our daughter is about to turn six. So, oh, uh, man. but but what it makes me think of is you know, imagine being these guys who have hoped who have had this hope passed down to them generation after generation after generation. And they're like, it's finally time. And they show up and it's just this baby laying on there. And, you know, and I think of that moment where my pastor was like, well, he's kind of boring. He doesn't do, you know, shouldn't do anything. You know, imagine being these guys who for generations this hope has been there and they show up and it's just this baby just laying there. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, okay.
2: Something, something really simple that I thought of. So now whatever you love to do, think about traveling miles and miles to go do that or somewhere like famous like for me if i could go down to like texas and go fishing right because that's what i love to do just the hope i have for that great fishery that i'm going to to catch fish or something like obviously this is a lot bigger scale but like you have to think about like that kind of hope you're hoping for it so much and then you get there and like you catch a dinker okay well i'd hope to catch my PB, but (laughs) that's a different story but like that kind of thing like at least now compared to back then so just a very small scale of what how big of a scale that would be just times that by like a billion you know it is
1: it's like your ultimate bucket list item yeah exactly yeah Yeah. so
3: but even in the midst of it just being a baby right they leave with this immense sense of of peace and joy and and happiness right
2: I mean yeah think about it I just leave with a I caught a fish, and I put it back in the water. But that's great for me.
3: I'd rather keep it and eat it.
2: Not the baby, a a fish. Um. Well, if it was a bass, bass isn't the best. It's not the best. No, it's not
3: good. It's not good. Yeah, there's a lot of hope in the Advent story, right? That's why we talk about it. That's why it's one of the candles. That's really the next question, right, is why did they choose this? And I think it's because it's the story – of, of Advent, this waiting and anticipation for Jesus was the hope of the Israelites. Right? And this waiting and anticipation for the second coming of Christ is the hope for us now, or part of it. Right? Our hope also in you know entails eternal life, a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem. Right? Eternal life with Jesus. And so, you know, I think I don't think there's any other way to answer that question other than it's the reason for the season. I had to fit that in there, so good job. You yeah. fit it
1: in every week of the season, I think. I
3: think so. But yeah,
1: I I think I think part of the reason that this is part of the Advent season, this hope, is because you know it, I think the hope like for us today is that you know one thing that stuck out to me was in chapter one and in chapter two, both there is an Old Testament prophecy in mm. both that and it gives you this idea they're like okay god made this promise hundreds of years ago right like most of us forget the promises we make after a few months right like <laughs> and and especially like you know like when, like if you you're married Josh so you know like you say things to your spouse and then like 6 months later like oh you remember when you said that thing and i'm like i said what oh i did say that oh man you know I uh, don't the, forget things the hope you're a better man than i am <laughs> so the hope the hope is The hope in that is that, like, God remembers this promise. After hundreds of years, he still Mm -hmm. comes through on this promise. Yeah. And so, like, it's almost like you want to go, okay, he came through on this one, so what are all the other promises he made? Like, he's going to come through on those, too. If he came through on this, surely these other ones are no big deal. You know, so I think there's even hope in that, of knowing that, like, in our lives, the promises of God are still applicable and he's going to see them through because if he can see through this one— What's the other stuff? The other stuff's minor compared to that.
3: Yeah. And after 400 years of silence. Of nothing. Right? Some of us get upset when we don't hear God for a week or a month, you know, or or six months. We're like, he's left. He's gone now. Right? I've not heard God in forever. So he's obviously not here.
2: It's almost right away sometimes, though. Like, people really expect him to answer prayers, like, right away.
3: 400 years of silence. And they still hoped. And God still came through. It's incredible.
1: And you almost get this sense, especially for like with the Magi, because they're, you know, they're looking at the stars. Yeah. And you almost get this sense of not only had they not lost hope, but they were still, after all these hundreds of years, they were still actively searching. Yeah. For a sign, you know what I mean, and obviously the Magi—it's debatable on you know where they were at with God and that kind of stuff. But the end of the day, God spoke to them, you know, yeah. know? like because why? Because they were paying attention, you know. And I wonder yeah. sometimes how easily we lose our attention span on that. You know, you're talking about like if prayers don't get answered right this second, or you know, we don't feel like we heard God this minute—that oh, God must not like me anymore. You know, That's and, how
2: people are these days.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. There's no sense of waiting anymore. Yeah. Waiting in anticipation, you know, hope. Right. Right. Like. That, that's what it meant, and that's what it still means.
1: See, anticipation. I like that word better than tension. <laughs> anticipation. That's a positive. That's the positive form. It's the version. positive form yep.
3: of tension. But it's still tension, right? Like yes, at it the is. end of the day. It it's still the same feeling. Just positive tension, not negative tension. Correct.
1: Well, and part of that tension is exactly what Dustin said. Like the tension is, I want God to answer this right now. <laughs> I know He's going to answer it, but I want to answer it right now. Yeah. You know?
2: Like, yo, if God could tell me if Notre Dame was going to be in the playoff in a couple weeks, that'd be great. But that's not how it works. You're I, praying about that. I don't think I God am.
3: really cares who's in the playoffs. This, you know. yeah,
2: That's true. Also
3: so. true.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, Notre Dame, God's team, right? No. Holy ladies.
2: Ho-
3: holy ladies.
2: It's because we're a religious school.
3: Hardly. Okay. <laughs>
2: More than any other school up there. I was gonna say,
3: like in South Bend, Mishawaka area. No, like in the sh- top, said, in like the top ten <laughs> in college
2: football. You know, I was
3: gonna say, Wentzville. I know we're way more spiritual. Than technically, <laughs> than
2: you guys all know USC. Technically, they're a spiritual school. TCU. Technically, yeah.
3: Yeah, BYU. SM- they're really spiritual at BYU.
1: In a very different way. <laughs> in a very different way. <laughs> and of course, holding down SMU, right? Yeah, Methodist. Yeah. Doing their thing. But are any of them close to the college football playoff? No, I didn't think nope. so. Nope, <laughs> they're not. No. You're right. TCU did for a couple of years there.
3: Yeah, but not quite anymore.
1: But What are they, the horned the, the frogs? The horned, frog, yeah. horned frogs. Yeah.
2: That's kind of cool, though. I'm not going to lie. A frog? Horned. Well, that's like... <laughs> I mean, if you look at like their mascot, like if you look at it, he looks pretty
1: cool.
3: He's a purple frog.
1: He's gray. That is way shirt. more unique than most college mascots. Yes. Yeah.
3: Either way, hope. Moving right? on. What is, we've answered most of the questions, but what is your hope, right? What is the thing that you hope for? Like if somebody came up to you, you know, it says in 1st uh, or 2nd Peter, we have to have answers for the hope that we have, right? So what is your hope?
2: So I want to also add in about, like, Christmas, about hope during Christmas time. Uh, one thing I've noticed and I love about Christmas and what gives me hope is the lights. In the darkness, lights are always on, like, Obviously, every t- like my dad has a timer. Right when the sun goes down, the lights come on, and that gives me hope. Like in the darkest of days, God will be there. That's kind of mm-hmm. what the lights represent to me, and always kind of have. And that's why, like even I decorate. Yeah. With, what do you- with lights. Oh, we have a Christmas tree up, and we have multiple signs in our apartment. Thank you, because of my mom. <laughs> Thanks, mom.
1: You know, you know, it's funny you say that because that actually, like, there was a year um, when my grandpa died. He died on Veterans Day one year and um my dad was having a really rough go i was i I would have been in high school probably freshman or sophomore and uh and that was what got us through that first season like because i mean you know christmas is only a month after that that was what got us through is my dad and i decked our whole house out with the christmas lights and like that was what got us through that season was that little moment you know so i've always had that appreciation of christmas lights as well because of that moment of like hope they're like hey things look dark right now but there's There's still light in that darkness yeah
3: well shouldn't we shine our lights always that's
2: a sorry. Yes, we should as people. <laughs> like yes. Some of the mount shining lights, right? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And technically, if, you, if you actually look at it, almost every single house has a light on all all times, you know? Like mm-hmm. just the outdoor light right outside
1: your door, like yeah. right in your front yard. My subdivision has those light poles, like out in the front yard, and they get quite huffy if you don't replace the bulb when they go out. Really? <laughs> like, yeah, like, you'll get a note from the Homeowners Association hey, your bulb's out. <laughs>
0: like, like out by the street, you guys have to replace those? That yeah. What you're saying? Yeah. That's interesting. That's when you live yeah.
1: in a subdivision. That's what happens. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You get, you know, well, the rules are yeah. The rules are weird. I also can't park my camper in my own driveway.
3: That's ridiculous. I, I hope. Yeah. See, I didn't that even know you had a camper. Can. Because of that. I see what you did there. Yeah, of course. Bringing us back to hope, Josh. Yep.
1: Good work. We're just we're just leaning into the I'm, bros section I'm of trying. this.
3: No, that's fine. You know, when it comes to Christmas, I'm actually really traditional. Like everything that I do has to have some sort of tie back to Jesus, right? That's why all the lights that I use are white lights. Because Jesus was white. No, uh
2: <laughs> wow, whoa. Because Ow. of this
3: sense of like,
2: fact check that, one. pureness
3: <laughs> and being washed clean, right? Like that that white light, this pureness is being washed clean when we do candy canes, right? It's only the red and white ones, right the the blood that washed us clean, the red and the white. You know, we don't talk about Santa in my house.
1: when you uh, when you put up an nativity scene. Is it without Jesus in the manger until the day of Christmas?
3: We, the one that we have doesn't have that
1: option. Do you, so, do you slowly, progressively move the Magi closer closer and closer over a two year period? Yes. And then at the end, yep.
3: Yeah, every two years (laughs) we move our Magi.
1: He said this Christmas they're getting real close. (laughs) Yeah, real close.
3: No, uh, really, um, They did make, like, an elf-on-the-shelf version of the nativity scene. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. where you move Mary and Joseph throughout the house until they arrive in Bethlehem.
0: Oh, my. Yeah. Yep.
3: It's awful.
0: And then right after
2: that, they got to go straight to Egypt, right? Yep, exactly. I never did elf-on-the-shelf, but, like, looking at it and kind of seeing, like, like my buddy Logan at... uh, work he does the elf on the shelf and moves it every Mm -hmm. is it every day or whatever yep and i think that's kind of cool i kind of like so much work you just hide it throughout the house for the kids i mean you would do anything for your kids
3: yeah but penelope is too young to even understand what that means yeah but eventually when she's old enough i mean yeah but that's pointing to santa i want everything to point to jesus
1: you know you mentioned that because like honestly like we don't do santa either yeah like with our girls and so like it's been really weird because now evelyn's in school yep and so she's in kindergarten and it's like how we need we had to like sit her down, you know, a couple last week and just be like, Okay, look, you don't do Santa, but other kids do. So please don't be that kid. <laughs> don't be that <laughs> bully that says Santa's not real. That's exactly right. <laughs> but like, Jesus, please, please don't, is. don't be that kid.
2: Yeah. What? Is it, but Jesus is. Yes. Right. No, That's but, where all the gifts actually come from. Yeah.
3: Oh, well, I was talking to Mark. Uh yeah, you guys know our head pastor Mark. Um And he had to do the same thing with his kids and their cousins because their cousins did Santa Claus. They did not. And he was like, that was that was really bad. You know, (laughs) it could have ended poorly, you know, from a
1: practical sense. Here's here's my my practical side of me. Right. Who in the world decided that another person, a random made up person should be the person to give your kid the best gifts? If right. I'm giving my kid an iPad or a computer or something crazy for Christmas that kids get at Christmas, they are dang going to know that it was me who gave it to them. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, this other random guy no. gave it to you. Like, what? A lot of pride going around this room. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, I will say the one good thing <laughs> I, that came from Santa Claus, uh, Tim Allen Santa Claus movies
1: phenomenal okay. i will give you that i love <laughs> those, those are
3: my least favorite christmas movies oh no way granted i love the hallmark ones i'm a huge hallmark christmas movie oh you're gonna hate what i have to say next <laughs> elf oh, no. terrible
2: uh great movie okay see i like santa claus tim allen santa claus better than elf, okay for sure i
1: i agree with that the very the first santa claus movie was the best of the whole series but i love the whole series but that was my favorite Christmas. i really movie.
2: just don't like the fact
3: that you have to kill santa claus to become the new santa claus
2: he didn't
1: kill him. He
3: fell off the he roof and died. He
2: accidentally fell through accident. and he didn't die. You you did not see him die. You do not see him get like test, like no. He disappears. Exactly. It's he like just disappears. Ceases to he exist. goes back to his old life. It's That's like what
1: I, it's like in the Old Testament, which prophet was it that just got carried up in a chariot? Like you don't know that he died no. technically. Was it Elisha or
0: Elijah? Yeah. One of them, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. It's Very like that. Similar names. He he whisked away in a chariot.
0: I think
2: it was Elijah. Yeah, he uh, went back to his normal life no, wait, with no. forgetting everything. Because
1: now I'm curious, because you say you're a traditional Christmas person. Your favorite Christmas movie, I'm guessing Charlie Brown? Nope. Because it tells the story of Jesus.
2: Oh.
1: oh. It's a Wonderful Life.
3: No. Um. Christmas Shoes. Ooh. What?
2: Hey, yeah. that one's good. That's with uh, Neil Patrick Harris?
3: I think so, yeah. Yeah. That's my favorite Christmas movie.
0: Yeah.
3: So, so it's parents. also my favorite Christmas song. Oh.
0: yeah cry i mean have you yeah but this guy is
3: like showing like love on christmas to this young boy who wants to show love to his mom because he wants her to look you know beautiful when she she meets jesus
2: Uh, it's a phenomenal movie and there's actually like three movies that go with that or there's another movie that goes with that at least one other one You, you didn't know that no so this is I, I own it. My parents do. I will ask them, and now I will
1: send you a picture. Yeah, well, we, you can just
3: bring it home. We can watch it together.
2: Yeah,
1: well, I'm not going back home. We till. can we can hold Christmas, hands. Christmas Eve. So Christmas. this is amusing to me because um, I follow uh, John. Um, how do you pronounce that guy's last name? Acuff. Acuff. Do you hear what I'm talking about? No. He's like an yeah. inspirational speaker, writer. He's, he's got a lot of good stuff. Um, he did. Um, oh, what did he do for uh, stuff Christians like? He did that for a while.
3: Oh, John like, Christ?
1: No. No, he worked with him, John. I think it's it's a cuff. It's like a c u f f. A cuff, a cuff. I don't know. Anyways, he just posted today and said that his family plays the game of if you it's the last person to hear the Christmas shoes song loses or wins. (laughs) So like you have to go the entire Christmas season. He's like so he, he posted today and said my daughter I heard out of nowhere I heard my daughter scream from the first floor. And he thought he's like I thought she was in trouble, so I go downstairs, and she's like, "I heard the song, I already lost," because they hate that song so much, (laughs) because it is like it makes you want to cry, you know, like, yeah,
3: yeah, I'm kind of a freak, that's why I like it.
2: (laughs) Okay, so the Christmas shoes, yep, the Christmas blessing.
3: Oh, okay.
2: So that's uh, with Neil Patrick Harris as well, and that same guy, whatever his name is. Nobody else can see this, but uh, is that Rob Lowe? Is it? Is that Rob Lowe?
1: Yes. Okay, that's Rob
2: Lowe and then The Christmas Hope.
1: Ooh,
2: hope. The third one. I have not seen that one.
3: Look at that. But what? hey,
2: all of you out there want a good Christmas movie that relates to Jesus and hope. Uh these three movies would be great to watch. Yeah. There you go.
3: Yeah,
2: that's great. Good job. And we're not sponsored. No nope. hot take right not there. Not
3: sponsored. Granted, not a lot of Christmas movies pointing back to Jesus. Most of them are pointing to Santa Claus, right? Yes,
2: Santa Claus, or like Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer, which also points to Santa
1: Claus. But like, yeah. different. Frosty point Snowman points to Santa Claus. To be fair, though, I mean, if you think about this, like Santa Claus points back to Saint Nick, and Saint Nick always pointed back to Jesus. So in a roundabout way, it, no, yeah, it yeah. gets there. I'm a it gets there. But we don't do Santa either, so no, it's not. I'm here. on the same page with you. Here. Yeah,
0: yeah, and you I, do Saint Nick's Day or whatever. No. Nope. Leave your shoes out. No. Okay. Just curious.
1: Nope.
3: No, it's not. It's not for us. We. It's all right. Yeah, I think I think the reason is I want my daughter to grow up, um, around Christmas time, hoping for the greatest gift that's already been given, not for gifts about to come. Right.
0: I
1: was like, we also don't go like crazy with Christmas gifts either. So we do like the four gift thing. Oh, okay. Um, something something you want, something you need. Something to wear and something to read, mm. like those that they get four gifts. Now sometimes we're a little loose on you know, like like something to read. Oh, this uh, t-shirt that you wanted, you have to read that. I'm like, <laughs> but it's four <laughs> gifts. You know what I mean? Like four gifts. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Not something blue. Something that's wedding. That's, <laughs> <blue>. that's wedding. <laughs> borrowed something
0: blue. Right. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: If when you, you read that off, that's all I was thinking about. If was <laughs> you get me
3: something borrowed for Christmas? We're fighting. Okay.
2: That's- what if it's like a borrowed like. The most amazing, like, disc golf disc in the world. Yeah, but I have borrowed. to give it
3: back.
1: It would be hilarious. Be like, hey, I oh. borrowed this from Dustin, so I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so you would keep that? No.
2: It's from it, it was mine. You'd probably try to keep it.
3: No, I would always give it back. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I have, a, I have a zone of yours in my car right now. I've been waiting to see you to give it back to you.
2: Wait, you do? I
3: have your TI zone.
2: Oh, see, I
1: just thought that was in my like pile yeah, of no, miscellaneous your, your discs.
3: TI swirl zone. Is in see, my, that's how
1: you know uh, you're really in a disc golf is when you have the pile of discs and you're not even sure what's in it. Like, you just <laughs> oh, absolutely, just yeah. yeah.
3: That's crazy because yeah. I have several piles and I know what's in every one of them.
1: You're just like crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I am. That organizational level. See, I thought like I, I'm OCD when it comes to organization, but Josh is on a whole nother level.
3: I, I'm very bad, very bad, which is why we need to get to this last question. Um, when do you look for or rely on hope in your life? So when in your day, week, month, year, is hope really the focus for you guys?
1: I can speak from like a practical side. I mean, like, because like obviously on the religious side, like there's big ideas of hope, you know, and like we hope for Jesus when he's coming back and, you know. But I think I'm like a day-to-day, like recently for us, it's been like, um, we've been in an adoption process. And so our hope is that that comes through, you know, like that, that, um, that that comes through our, even on a more recent, like our hope was we had, we had started down, uh, we'd started down an adoption road with a 15 year old girl who, uh, the week before Thanksgiving had gotten into some trouble at her residential facility. She's at, and, um, in response to getting in trouble ran away Mm -hmm. and has still not been found. So she's been missing for two weeks and we have no clue where she's at. And I know that neither does anybody else. So the, the, the hope in that is like, you know, that God has a plan and I know he does, you know, so the hope in that is like, obviously in the practical side that she's going to be found, that she's going to be safe that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But the real hope in that is that like, God's still going to work in that, you know, that even, you know, they can wait, they waited 400 years. I can wait two weeks.
3: Yep. Yeah.
1: No, that's really good.
3: And that fits really well into the the application portion of this, and I think that's where we can all go with this this question because this is our lives. We we're applying this, you know. For me, every day I try to find like what my hope is, and then it it really helps continue to realign my ministry. Right. my My hope is that like everything that Jesus said is real, right? That He is He is the Savior of the world. I believe that that's true. That's where my hope lies. But also, I hope that every person that I come into contact with knows him, right? That I have the opportunity to share Jesus with them. That they meet the same Jesus that I met all those years ago, the same loving, caring God, and they also put their hope there, right? And so each and every day, I'm like, God, is my hope still in you? You know, is... Are those promises you 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 gave the things you said would happen are they still true in my life do i still see them as truth and the answer's been yes all these times every day and it continues to keep my ministry and my heart set on knowing Jesus and introducing others to him so that their hope can also be in this eternal thing that's never changed. It's always been the same. You know, so that they can continue to live lives that are, you know, worthy of the calling that God put on them. So, yeah, that's that's what I hope for. That's where my hope lies. I try to focus on it every day, you know. What about you two fellas?
0: Yeah, I mean, i agree with that that's a good good point um i feel like i rely on hope a lot like when things seem hopeless mm-hmm. and i think that's i mean that's just something i recognize in myself but i'm i know that's how like the world yeah looks for it too but i think that's good for us to know because i mean obviously we can see the world and what's going on and there's a lot of hopelessness and the one who gives true hope is jesus and that's a great way for us to interact with the world yeah because if they see somebody who has hope through hopelessness that like it seems like the world's in hopelessness sometimes um they'll want to know like where that hope comes from so absolutely
3: that's really good
2: yeah so mine changes from day to day depending on the day like i i like to put I like to stay, like, very positive throughout my days. As some of you know who see me, I'm a pretty positive guy. But, like, I keep that hope of, like, everything's going to be okay because of Jesus. Jesus mm-hmm. is that hope. And no matter what's happening, I can hope for the best in in every situation. And that's kind of where I lie when I'm thinking about things. Even if, like, like last week when Jaron was sick, like, I was bored. I wasn't doing anything. My hope kind of goes... Down just because like I can't do what I usually do but then at the same time once I get into the in, into the Bible I can get that hope back like hey everything's gonna be okay and like mm-hmm. I get to hope for like Thanksgiving was coming up so I had to hope for like hey I get to go home right before Thanksgiving yeah and that is a blessing so I wasn't sick over Thanksgiving I got to see my family but like there's just so many things like right now I have a lot of hope in with my dad because he just officially retired and so that's very good for him but also like i know my dad (laughs) and he doesn't like being retired because he's work go 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 go. but i have a lot of hope that he's going to do well in this time of his life in this season of his life so and with our dog uh very sick right now no um that is also something i put a lot of hope in right now uh just because i've already lost one dog yeah it was a very sad time that's just a few things like I like to keep hope throughout the day that's how I stay so positive I've had that hope in Jesus and I wake up and read my Bible in the morning and get that hope for the day depending on that day depending on what I'm doing that day work or whatever I'm doing after work I have that hope and I think about that hope for the good things that are happening each day that God has planned for me
3: yeah good awesome that's great so what is uh, what is one takeaway from this conversation for you guys so last week we talked faith my big takeaway was take no off the table if you come into my office right now you'll see it written on my whiteboard in massive letters you know when it comes to growing my faith take no off the table spiritually when god called you to do something take yes thank you so much chad for that insight it was amazing good i appreciate that yeah dude it was an awesome awesome insight so what's your guys' takeaway for today Not everybody at once now.
0: I'm thinking so. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah. No, that's great.
2: Okay, well, I'll (laughs) go. That's fine. Um, My takeaway for today is like, because I literally came into this, I didn't look at anything. I mean, I've been out of the mix, you know. It's so out of character. Right. Out of character, right. Um, But um, coming into this, like, I didn't even know it was hope until I, like, sat down here, right? So. Well, you just
3: you you should have known it was hope. That's okay, I right. did at
2: one time, yes, but because I've been out of it for so long, I did not. Uh, anyways, uh, it just got me thinking more and more of like how I can go into every day being hopeful for the good things that are going to happen, even if it's like something isn't going to like. We were talking about like that tension and when you're really not feeling great, that anticipation. Like, if I went into work tomorrow and I had that, like, tension of, like, oh, man, what's going to happen today at work? Who's going to get fired? Or, like, having that tension, Mm -hmm. like, I can be hopeful, like, hey, I'm doing my job. That's not me. And I can be hopeful in, like, things even though if they're not going great. I can be hopeful that God has a plan and no matter what happens that God will be there for me and for the people I love all the time. And I can show that to others and not just me.
1: I think um, I've been processing your thought that tension can be good. <laughs> I've been thinking about that. And uh, I think that's going to take some more processing for me. Um, but uh, I think part of that processing for me that I'm taking away is like, I mean, I, I've shared a little bit with Josh um, about some of the tension at my church. And, uh, and I think that that, like thinking of trying to see that or think of that in a positive light and like how can tension be good you yeah. know, and I can already start to in my head to think about, you know, those kind of things of what they lead to and things like that. And I think that's where the hope comes out of the tension is, like, it's not always going to be full of tension, you know, it's just, but the tension can lead to things that are better. And um, so I think that's what I'm thinking on. Yeah.
0: Um, I think for me, uh, it was just a good reminder, like a good reset, like, that we need to keep our hope in heavenly things rather than earthly or worldly things because, um, I mean, obviously we see it in, like, the media and everything these days, it's like, the worldly things are going to let you down. But um, if you put your hope in Christ and God, uh, that's never going to let you down. So.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of been my thought uh, throughout the entirety of the, the Advent season thus far, you know, and even leading up to it is like, we've, we've went through a really, really rough year, you know, and continuing to put my hope in God rather than in policy or in people you know i've not been let down yet and that's because god does not let you down you know so yeah
2: so something i was thinking about like through this is the whole christmas lights thing <laughs> like even that you said like the big thing that when that happened like how christmas lights just mean so much more than people think yeah and that that really and like you talking about the white lights you use like my christmas tree at my parents house mm-hmm white lights and like even though we have like colorful lights outside but like the main attraction is always a christmas tree when you think about christmas like christmas tree is one of the biggest attractions and, like having white lights on that and like knowing your god can forgive you of your sin yeah. and god is always there even in the darkest of days like that gives me so much hope and i think that might be even a
1: bigger thing i take away
3: yeah i think that should be the thing that we all take away because that's where our hope lies is that Jesus forgives sins, right? There's really
1: something, like, in that, like, with the Christmas lights, though, because I, I felt the same way. Like, I commented this morning, like, I, when I when I got to the Life Center this morning, it was dark, and um, we had the Christmas tree out in this front, giant windows, mm-hmm. and it just looks so fun to drive up with those in the window. Like, you know I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost like you're immediately put in a better mood because those lights are up there, you know?
2: Yeah. Christmas, the most wonderful and joyful time of year. Yeah, it
0: is. It is. I like lights, but, you know, I like the stars a lot, too. I don't know. Yeah. I think... Obviously, like back when the shepherds and stuff were around, it's like you don't have Christmas lights, but you have stars. And like on a still night, no clouds. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't. know It
2: gives me a lot of hope. So yeah, Yeah. and that's the same thing throughout. Like in the middle of the summer, especially like here in a small town of Goshen, when you're like we're playing softball, you look up and you can see those stars are lighting up the sky. Like yeah, I just give you the same kind of thought process as this does with the Christmas lights.
1: Which I think is really important in this season because like I mean it's Indiana in the winter, so like it gets dark at like 6 o'clock. You know what I mean? So yeah. like it's dark way more now, and so it is kind of nice that as much as the day is mostly dark, to be still have that reminder in the sky that sure it's dark, but look at the stars, you know?
3: Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that's really good. That's awesome. Hope. Something I think is a part of every every Christian's life, but not often talked about. Right? We talk a lot about faith and mm-hmm. love. But where does our hope lie? And the answer is Jesus. And I think we came to that conclusion today. Even in light of the Advent season. You so know?
1: In in light of the Advent season.
3: You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a dad now. I can <laughs> make punch. puns. You yeah. know? so
1: It is. It's like a rite of passage.
3: Yeah. I made one the other day. Uh, did you guys know that uh, towels are the number one cause of dry skin? <laughs> Because they dry your skin.
0: It also they also get wetter the more they dry.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's crazy, right? Now we're getting really philosophical.
3: Uh huh. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, did anybody bring? I did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Great. I did. So, song of the week, uh, verse of the week, teaching of the week.
0: Uh, I'll start with the teaching. So I was listening to. Uh, it was a podcast from the porch, and it was about like, what is like, purpose I guess, or what is our purpose? Um, and I just like was listening to it at work, and it's like it was a very short purpose, but I thought it was very impactful. Um, they said it was to know Jesus and to make Him known. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really applicable. And then a verse they talked about while they were in there too would be Matthew sixteen twenty-five, um, which says. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Yeah. And I think it's um, it's just really impactful verse too. Um, and then for song, I know on the first episode I talked about my favorite song was "How Great Thou Art." Yeah. Um, but I was listening today, and um, my favorite version of that uh, it's probably by Home Free. Oh. They're like an acapella group. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. So okay, I gave that I've a not listen heard today. that version. Yeah, so. it's worth it.
3: I'll do it on the way home.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, thank you so much for bringing that. Dustin will bring it the next episode. Uh, so just make sure you, you watch one sermon uh, before Sunday when we that record won't again. That will be difficult. Good, good. Uh, I'll pray us out, and then we'll see you next week. Uh, Father God, I just thank you so much for who you are and, and how you love. And I just I love the fact that we can come together and talk about hope and, and all come to the same conclusion that our hope is in you. Yes, God, that that you are the light in the darkness here. Um, that when we see these these things that are decorations, they point us to you, right? And we see you all throughout the the Christmas story, and and it's your story being told, and it's your hope that it's all pointing to, and 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 the love that you're giving each and every day. And God, I just thank you so much for these guys here. And the people who are going to listen to this, Lord, I ask that you're just ministering to them each and every day, moving in their hearts and and showing yourself and, and fulfilling those promises so that you can continue to be our hope. In your beautiful name, amen.
1: Amen.